welcome, nerds and geeks, to another episode of Goblins and Guidance. We are the goblins here to give you all guidance. I'm Calvin, and joining me are... David. And Andrew, and we set out to answer D&D Reddit's most pressing questions. Okay, David, what do goblins do at Halloween? They goblin their candy! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry you had to listen to that. I, yeah, I'm, all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry as well. We're all sorry. We're sorry that we missed a week. Uh, we were... Multiple we of us sick. not feeling well. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sick. Took well, a I was fat sick nap. Of, <laughs> yeah, it was me I and was David. I was sick of you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and me and David weren't feeling too well, so uh, we couldn't record an episode last week. But we're back. Uh, and All we've right. got an extra log one mm-hmm. for you guys and the, today. the most pressing question right now is, uh, due to the recent release of Overwatch, what class would Reaper be? Blood Hunter. I I should look up what I, a blood hunter is. Yeah, because that's the critical role. What I haven't actually watched critical role or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going based purely off the name. So I don't know what the class actually does. <laughs> well, because um, Reaper literally has misty step, right? Like that's, that's literally true. what yeah. it is. He literally has misty step. Uh, so that or maybe like a gloom stalker ranger. Yeah, gloom stalker rangers are cool. They're my like one of my favorite. Yeah, so I, I said Reaper because I only play Reaper because he's so fun. <laughs> it's right, it's Andrew, really nice when the crosshair is like a big circle so you don't have to aim. Yeah. Andrew, what is our first question? That's a great question. The, Maybe that was our first question. Oh, the, the, technically that Getting is the meta. No, yeah, the first question was what class is Reaper? But anyways. Oh, well, what's our, our first Reddit question? Uh, okay, our first Reddit question is can a monk use his legs to make unarmed strikes if he has both hands occupied? Example, Way of the Kensei monk has a dagger on each hand, yet wants to benefit from the agile parry feature. Can he make an unarmed strike by kicking the opponent, or is that abusing the concept? Personal? Okay. Ignoring the rest of what he said, personally, I think kicking as an unarmed strike is perfectly fine. I mean, I've been allowing it to happen in my campaign, but... I don't know if that's actually against the rules or not, though. Yeah, me personally, I do allow it. Um, I don't know if that's, like, raw, like, rules is written, though. Let me, it I'm gonna... is, actually. In the player's handbook, it says that you can kick people. All right, yeah, I see right here on strike. page 195 of the player's handbook under melee attacks. It says, instead of using a weapon to make a melee weapon attack, you can use an unarmed strike, a punch, kick headbutt, or similar powerful blow, none of which count as weapons. So, yeah, I think you can. If both heads are oh, full, yeah. you, you could kick. Yeah, um, the thing about the, the dagger on each hand, I, yeah, you, you would not have a dagger, though. So, yeah. Because Chainsaw Man doesn't have chainsaws on his legs, I think. Well, no, I think oh. he's just saying that his hands are full because he has daggers in each hand. Oh, like, yeah, you know, I don't that, think he's kicking with the daggers. That would, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Okay, so, Kelvin, if I were yeah. a player, right, and I, like, tied a dagger really hard to, like, the end of my boot, and then I kicked you with my boot dagger, how much okay. damage would that do? Uh, Probably the same as a dagger, I would say. Oh, okay, so what if... I have really strong legs, like my calf muscles are bulging, and I, I, I tied a short sword to my boot. Oh my god. Right? Huh? You, you get me? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so... I'm feeling you, crabs. So that would be a short sword, right? 
Mm-hmm. And and so if I had a really okay, if I I wrote it like a skateboard, right? It's tied to both my boots, and I had like a a a battle axe, right? Oh my god! And I did like the the skateboard trick where you jump in the air and like 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 flip the skateboard, except no. as you do. No, except with the battle axe, right? I'm vetoing this. Okay. No, this is too far. You know, I really. Tried. This is when flavor goes too far. <laughs> Okay, so Legolas can ride it's a shield. Flavor if you just make him do five, 10 athletics checks. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We're acrobatics. There mm. you go. That's based. Yeah, yeah I would say, like, <laughs> try to kick while your hands and everything are full. I might have you do an acrobatics trick just to see, like, you don't fall over or something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Alright, next question is from Bubba Munkle Stiltskin. Bubba, oh. Bubba Munkle Stiltskin. Yes, these are great Reddit names. Sorry? Uh, Bubba Munkle Stiltskin. It's like Rumple Stiltskin, except. Oh, I just know. realized I never, uh, I didn't mention. Okay, didn't that mention first there. question, that first question was posted by user Azrael Swift. There we go. Mm hmm. And uh, as I previously stated, this new question is from Bubba Bubble Stiltskin. So if yes. you ever have to say their name, it's Bubba Bubble Stiltskin. <laughs> All right, my DM gave me a gin and wants me to make wishes. How do I wish to breathe fire without getting monkey paws? <laughs> What's a so, monkey's pod? Uh, so, you know, there's this uh, legend about, like, the magical monkey paw that, like, you could ask it, like, for three questions how many figure it has but it gives you the question it gives you your wish in like the worst way possible um okay so say you want to be able to fly it'll turn you into a literal fly or something like that oh yeah okay uh, so hmm. i think you just got to be very precise and clear with uh your stating of fine to breathe fire yeah, so how I would do it, I'd be like, so without any detriment to my health or the health of the people I hold in positive regard, how do I make fire breathe out of my throat while I still don't suffocate myself or hurt my own body? And but I get to hurt the people that I want to hurt. Yeah, uh, another way. So there's my thinking of there's this potion of fire breath. That says after drinking this potion, you can use a bonus action to exhale fire at a target within 30 feet of you. Uh, so I might wish for like an infinite supply of potion of fire breath. How could I spin that into something bad, though? It'd be like... Oh, it'd be like you just start, instead of pooping regularly, you just poop out fire breath potions. So it hurts every time oh, you take damage. Gross. Yeah, but like that would, you could get monkey pod. I guess that's a weird way to do it, though, it's, David. It would be infinite. You'd get them as long as you live. I don't know how long <laughs> you would live pooping out bottles of fire breathing. Oh, oh god! I don't want to think about that. I hate that you made me think about that. You know, Can we get what, that though? visual out of my head. Uh, maybe you could just ask for the Dragonborn's ability to breathe, or just ask for a breath weapon. Uh huh. Okay. See, like I, I could monkey paw you into becoming a dragon board or a dragon, but like 
that's kind of sick. Yeah. So, okay. so like, you you pray that the DM makes the Jin a nice guy. Yeah, true. Yeah. Jin D and D five E. Let's look. Oh yeah, that's the real thing. To not get monkey pot, just bribe your DM. Yeah. You just know, get a, get a pizza food. usually works. Pizza pizza always works for me. Um, what's the best I, DM bribe? Other than straight money, because like I'd take that. The only uh, thing I, I, the the only thing I didn't the DM. Gins are the chaotic thing, good, right? So they shouldn't be that bad. The, the only thing I want is straight money. That's the only thing you could bribe me with. Yeah. Could I bribe you with taking you to the quintessential quintuplets movie for free? Okay, yes, you could bribe me with that. I mean, that is kind of just bribing him with money. Okay, well, pizza costs money, too. Yeah. Everything costs money. For me, it's, uh, for me it's dice. You, you bribe me with dice. Goddamn dice goblins. <laughs> Maybe I should include that in my joke for this. I, I have so many dice. I forget, Okay, I came up with a joke before we started this, but then I forgot it. It was so, bad, so I'm glad you forgot. No, 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 the second one. Yeah. Okay, I don't one? know if you said that one out loud. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's our next question, David? Okay, our next question is going to be by a Reddit user, u slash strict underscore bass or bass, fish or the guitar, underscore 5855. All right, staying dead. I won't give a lot of context, but a cherished NPC died in a fight recently. The players are high enough level, the plan is just to travel to another NPC whom could easily cast raise dead, money's not an issue, and travel to the city would be easy. I would love to see the NPC stay dead, just to give the large mistakes and death a real meaning. I'm trying to find a good way for this. Doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like it was my intention. The player in recent levels have gotten to that point where it feels like death isn't as important to them. If I can't think of something before the session tonight, I'll just let them revive their fallen ally. This character had a memorable heroic death, so I'd love to see this be their end. Any ideas? Doesn't raise dead, like, isn't that like the zombie one? Uh, raise dead, you return a dead creature you touch to life, provided that it's been dead no longer than 10 days. Uh, so that I think you're talking about raise the dead. Oh, okay. Or no, not raise the dead. What is it? I don't know. That seems kind of broken. I don't know. Ten days is a long time. Uh, yeah, ten days is a long time, but you need a 500 gold piece diamond to do it. Okay. Also, the creature's soul has to be both willing and liber. And at liberty to rejoin the body. Okay. I guess, yeah, if I died, I wouldn't want to come back to life. Yeah, so, like, there's multiple ways uh, to keep a creature dead. One, just don't give them an NPC that can cast raise the dead. Unless you've already done that, then it's a little too late. I think they've already done that, yeah. It's we're, beyond, we're beyond um, the time frame of this question. But yeah, he could also just, like, not be willing to come back, you know? Yeah. Like, say they went to heaven, like, why would you not be in heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. I also think it's completely fair to just change the mechanics of bringing people back to life. Well, they don't want to make it seem intentional, right? Yeah. So... You could also, like... It, it'd be kind of dumb for them to travel so far, and then, like, oh, actually, they don't want to come back to life. That's true, but, like, 
That's they better can than do like talk to the dead and thing. like ask him. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I don't know. Uh, you could also just like attack them on the way there and just destroy the body with a little bit of flames. Or that's uh, true. Something. Okay, I think once I if I kill off a player character, I'm gonna have them like start rotting. Right. I mean, it takes time for a body to actually like it's a long to rot. I guess that that includes the ten days, right? Yeah. Wait, I want to look that up real quick. What? So would this? Okay. Would this spell be like, like if they're caught up, would it like put them back together, or do they have to be completely intact? Or would it like? Oh, it okay. Closes all mortal wounds, but it doesn't restore missing body parts. If the creature okay. is lacking body parts or organs integral for its survival, its head, for instance, the spell automatically fails. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But like, I think missing a hand or something, you could be revived. You just don't have a hand anymore. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Well, the same thing kind of happened uh, with Rexus, where when you revived him, he had that ghost arm. Right, but he had a, his kid still like hold stuff with it, so... Yeah, yeah. I know well, exactly. Those are cooler. those are pretty. Those are special circumstances. Just because he didn't want, he made like a generic human, uh, rogue, edgy background guy, and we wanted to mix it up a little. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's why we, you know, went with that reborn race and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just try to give him some actual flavor. Oh yeah, we should try that in real life. Here, I'm sorry. Roman, I'll we'll kill you off, right? And Me? then I'll cast Revivify. And then uh, you'll tell us all about, about I, the other world. Man, I, I'm okay. We, we could uh, try that with someone else. Oh, Andrew? You're volunteering? Oh, yeah. thanks. No, I, yeah. I didn't, oh, no, I'm good. Andrew volunteers as tribute. We can even I, I, do it like in character with Kelvin's sword. Yes. No. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> Alrighty, what's the next question? Back to you, Andrew. Is it? Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. I know how rotations work. Anyways, yeah. this question is by user Monster Maestro. Okay. Journeyman DM, uh, seeking second opinions on my stealth ruling. Journeyman DM, who had an interesting dilemma in my campaign. Player characters were picking up rewards from a magic shop when they received warning of an impending ambush from a jilted thieves guild. Crossbowmen, thugs, thugs, and an invisible assassin assembled outside the main entrance. Yikes! Seeking to avoid the fight, the players cast darkness on the main entrance and combined that with Pass Without a Trace to try to dash out the main entrance. Obscured and unseen. Note, they definitely did not use the less covered back entrance. <laughs> At a loss for how to rule raw, I made an arbitrary ruling of a DC-20 stealth check for the party to get past the thugs and 25 to avoid the assassin. Half the party cleared it. Do were caught dashing out of the darkness. Fellow DMs, how would you rule? Should the party have had the opportunity to sneak out the front door given the baddies were alert and watching? Should the challenge have been a flat DC or should I have pitted them against the perception checks of the baddies? Any guidance on how to rule raw? Thanks in advance. Uh, I mean, that's funny. That's real funny. One second. How did they fail? Pass without a trace like gives you a plus 10 to stealth, doesn't it? Yeah, plus 10 to stealth. What does darkness do? Their DC was 20 and 25. I mean, yeah, that's not, okay. Darkness is magical darkness, spreads from a point you choose within range to fill the 15 foot radius sphere for the duration. 
darkness spreads around quarters. Creature with dark vision can't see through the darkness. But you turn into an object or holding. Yeah. One order carry the darkness emanates from the object who's with it. Um. Hmm. I see. I would have made the DC a little lower because they combine darkness and pass without a trace. That's a pretty. That's a cool combo in my book. No, the the um, rationale was that the 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 people were already alert and they knew they were in there basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I might have made it a like stealth versus perception check then. Yeah, uh, yeah. At that point, it would have been stealth versus perception because they were already alert, but also darkness plus pass without a trace is is uh, legitimately like that. That just should work. Yeah. But also, DC twenty five is pretty pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. Like it I'm assuming be- they're like. Decently high level, though, at this point. That, that's true, but, like, that's still, like, otherworldly perception, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, if they're just, like, a human assassin, it should just be, like, a DC, like, 18 or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They're, they are an invisible assassin. That seems pretty um, powerful. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think in this case, so if they weren't already alerted to the party, I would have done... Uh, stealth checks against everyone's passive perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they are alerted, I think I would have done like they had a roll against each other. They would have but, been alerted because they saw the darkness, right? Yeah, yeah. So they would be actively looking for you. So it'd be an opposed stealth check. But like in group situations like this, I usually go with that it's a group check. So just a majority of the party has to succeed mm-hmm. for you guys to be clear. Mm, well, I mean, realistically, if one person fails, someone, like, they get caught out, right? Well, I, like, unless someone really fucks up. Like, a nat one counts as two fails to me. Oh, I... Okay, in my opinion, like, if you're doing a group stealth check, if one person fails, then that person gets investigated, right? Like, like everyone else can sneak past, but that one guy... Still gets caught. I know it like, really. It depends on the circumstances. Like if you're breaking up and going different paths to get across, but if you're all huddled in a group, if one person, if, if you're all huddled like in that, a group, right? Then I mean, in my head, right? Like if everyone passes except this one person, they were in a group. Then all the people just sneak away from the one guy. Who gets you just out. abandon the one guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Unless they want to be seen, and then that's the player's choice. Because right? mm-hmm. realistically, if you pass the stealth check, you should be able to get out uh, on your own choice. But if you fail, no matter what, you get caught. So that's how I think about it. Um. Anyway, yeah, probably shouldn't have given a raw DC of twenty five. Just roll. For yeah, I feel like that was it. Perception. Okay. Now you know for next time. You're welcome. <laughs> Right, our next question is from Ante D. My players took gifts and gave locks of hair to hags. How to make fun use of it? Uh, this is a pretty long story, so I apologize in advance. I had planned for an eventful encounter with a hag covenant for my players, party of four, level nine. The plan was to lure them to the hags 
kind of a fun battle with animated pumpkins and all, and hopefully have a hag escape to seek revenge. However, my players really didn't take a hint. They first met their ser their servants in the middle of nowhere after they'd been attacked on the road by hill giants. It was set up by the hags who had the eyes of the players and bribed the hill giants, who had eyes on the players and bribed the hill giants. They were to run away, but of course, but was, of course, slaughtered by the players. I described the attacked servants as very hairy men, as they were actually werewolves that worked for some old ladies. They invited them to stay the night. They actually they followed along, and they met the hags, as I described, as living in a small hut in a forest area. That was hard to find unless you knew where to look. Three old ladies growing pumpkins in nowhere. <laughs> The place inside was packed with all kinds of weird stuff, and they had a big boiling kettle. They offered food, and they all accepted. They offered them to see a loved one by looking down in a bowl. They poured a strange green potion, sickly and slimy. All that was needed was for them to give a lock of hair. I baited them by letting an NPC they had with them doing it first, but then one player wanted to do it as well, and then another, but said they had to wait till morning for a third go. Uh, so basically, they cast a version of Scrying in a Galadriel mirror-style way. Uh, the yeah. oldest hag said they could sleep in the barn, but they must, un under no circumstances, leave the barn at night. But at the night, they saw the servants walking into the woods and returned bloodied after a few hours, because they have been oh, hunting God. in wolf hybrid form. The players stayed put. <laughs> Next day, new player still wanted to give some hair to see his missing sister that his backstory gives as motivation for adventuring. Finally, they gave them a couple potions. Simply, if they could do them a small, unnamed service if they ever meet again. Okay, said the players, then happily walked away. I think I hinted well enough that something was afoot, but no. This was playing on Halloween as well, and now they're the hands of the hags. So that's not good. So any suggestions of what I should do for fun stuff to collect the debt, or what I should use the locks of hairs to do? Hmm. Okay. So, um, when I think of locks of hair, I think of Polyjuice Potion from Harry Potter. So, it'd be really funny if they did, like, an identity theft gag. Oh, um, yeah. Or they just all became you guys, and then went and did shenanigans. And then, mm -hmm. and then you could literally say, "Identity theft is not a joke, Jim." My favorite joke ever. And then, um, yeah, yeah, you could uh, impersonate the party and ruin their reputation. Uh, actually, does that? Yeah, that actually sounds great. Something yeah. I thought of, like what I think of, like hair and hags and stuff like that. I think of voodoo. Mm. Uh, so, like voodoo dolls or something. Voodoo. Um, but also with, like, the werewolf thing, like, I, when I was reading this, I was under the impression the hags turned the servants into werewolves, uh, sure. so maybe start, uh, waking up with a little blood on your shirt, and a horse is missing or something. Yummy. <laughs> Dude, you could say he's so hungry he could eat at a horse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> okay. Okay. To collect the debt? Mm, uh -huh. So once they meet up again. Yeah. I don't know. The firstborn son. 
Oh yeah, dude, that'd be so cool. No, like, like if the if the people ever have like a kid, mm-hmm. I I don't think anyone in D and D has ever had a kid. But if they do, then the the hat shows up and be like, "I'm here to collect the debt," and it becomes like a Rapunzel story. Or think you beat Ripple Stiltskin. Yeah, wasn't Rapunzel also? Okay, I, Rapunzel I recently... was like kidnapped as a kid, but like Ripple Stiltskin, yeah, yeah, traded his magic for the princess's firstborn right. son. I got confused because recently I watched a friend do um every single Brothers Grimm tale like combined into one play. Okay, and they like made them all like connected. So like the mother from Ripple Stiltskin, or like the kid was like had gave birth to Rapunzel, who was like okay the the sister of like freaking Hansel and Gretel or whatever I don't know anyway mm-hmm. I'm just all confused now yeah but <laughs> that was pretty cool yeah you should come to the Idaho Idaho State University um theater sometime I love how you keep switching which state you're in what do you mean I've been in Iowa this whole time you just said Idaho you just said Idaho no that's where they grow potatoes that's you just said you're at Idaho State University. I don't know what you're talking about. You have anything to add, Andrew? No. <laughs> okay. That I just that was that was quite the story. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Mm-hmm. I think it was like very obvious that like it was supposed to be a covenant of witches and stuff. And I don't think I don't know if it was just the party didn't want to. Uh, engage, or if they just didn't realize it, they were just oblivious. That would be hilarious. Mm. Yeah, that would that would be funny. All right, all right. Uh, okay. By u slash electrical dash car dash a three o one. I'm making a character. Huh? 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 I'm making a character, but I am not sure which class to pick. My character is a doctor, but when they are 14, their mother's understudy, their mother, their mother is a Victorian prima donna, tried to take her role, but my PC almost died because of it. Ever since then, they have been able to see ghosts, and so they became a mortician and a doctor to help the ghosts move on so they wouldn't leave them alone. However, over the years, they have been hunted by the ghosts. They couldn't help and was starting to go mad. And eventually, it became harder for them to tell who was a ghost and and ended up hurting someone because of it. They left their city out of guilt, hoping to find something to help with their ghost. I want a support class, but also I don't want to be useless in combat. Any suggestions? I don't know if English is this guy's first language. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but one word. Cleric. Yeah. Yeah, clerics aren't useless in combats. Combat, by the way, clerics are great. We got yeah. our we got our bases, bases to the faces. No, uh, but I, I would I would highly recommend either like death or grave, for that like especially with that ghost background. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like necromancer, but maybe I don't know. Necromancer wizard, but it's not really a support class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you could do the 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 homebrew from 
from two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we had a class. we had a medic uh, subclass for fighter, right? To be fair, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any magic, so I don't know if it would work with the whole ghost things. I don't know. That could just be like that could be part of the background. There's a background called Haunted One. Mm. Maybe, maybe you just make your character like clinically insane. So like they think they see ghosts, but they don't. And then they killed someone and they left out of guilt, but they don't actually see ghosts. Mm. That'd be that. No, it'd be so interesting playing like an insane character like Sigma from Overwatch. Yeah, Sigma grindset. Sigma balls. No, I'm sorry. That was that was an 18 plus joke. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> we do put explicit on our exactly. Episodes. So yeah, you we're, we're covered. Hey, that's a poo poo word. Bitch face. You toilet fuck. mouth. Children. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm not really sure what other class I would go with. Yeah, I'd say cleric. Death cleric. Clerics the, make the edgy cleric. <laughs> you're Victorian. That means the that you're British. You live Prima in London Donna. and you wear a top hat. And you're Are you doing like a Cockney accent if you live in London? Hell, I don't know. I've been to London and I still don't know their accent. <laughs> Cheers, love. The cabaret's here. Oh. All right, what's up next? <laughs> Please move on. Yeah, we're gonna... yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next is uh, user slash any leave 3611. Uh, I don't enjoy the campaign I play in anymore. Oh, that's TLDR. Yeah, right. Imagine, right? Ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> Ghosts. Anyway. What? No, 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 no. no, what? no, no. what? No. What? What? That was a joke. <laughs> no, we we had fun to the very end. Especially I, when I biked back home at 5 a.m. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah I, yep. That was pretty good. Yep. Anyways, All right, what's the story? TLDR, a curse which I can't cure was cast on my character. I can no longer play the way I wanted to, and I am no longer enjoying it. Context. For the past two years, I've been playing in an absolutely amazing campaign. The story, characters, and world building puts every other campaign I've been into shame. But I don't enjoy playing it anymore. How do I communicate this to my DM who has put in so much work? This all has to do with my character. I designed my character to be a charismatic one. I wanted to persuade, make connections, and be a leader. I picked the leader feed to inspire allies and grant HP and use spells that buff and support party members. However, some sessions ago, this all ended. The Fire Nation attacked. No. They didn't. A party member got disintegrated during a skirmish oh, with the BBG. <laughs> I guess the Fire Nation could have attacked there. Maybe. Yeah. We traveled to a temple where we brought them back with the wish, but in return, we were cursed. However, I feel like I got the worst one. Everyone else got something that is more of an inconvenience. I, however, got, quote, whenever you are within 30 feet of someone, they become extremely uncomfortable if you touch Lance? a creature that... Lance? If you touch a creature that isn't hostile, they take 6d6 psychic damage. Holy fuck, that's a lot of damage. That's and a lot of that, damage. And with that, my character's shtick is gone. Persuasion? No merchant or potential ally will listen to someone who makes them sick with their presence. Spells like heroism or fly? No spell effect is worth 6d6 psychic damage on touch. And the inspiring leader feat? It feels wrong to use a feat to inspire allies when they're all repulsed by me. I have also tried to cure the curse. We went to some ancient library where we found information on this. 
they said the only way to cure it is through death. <laughs> so dying and being revived should work. However, my character's patron is a great old one who, upon my death, will escape and wreak havoc. If I die, assuming I can even be revived, I will, one, have lost my magic, two, an army of undead I created, which we need, will be lost. My character is also the last seal, keeping the main BBG sealed away, so dying would also release them, which my DM has stated would likely end the world, so dying to cure the curse is not an option. I am planning to just steal the wizard's amulet of anti-scrying, leave my staff of power and return, and leave. Just have my character go somewhere else, but I am worried about my IRO relations to the DM and players. We spent years on this campaign, and my character is dead. Is Detrimental to the story. I don't think detrimental is the right word to use there. Anyways, I feel like I feel like I'm ruining things, but I don't enjoy this anymore. Sorry for the long post. Yeah, you should be sorry, you long, long ranter. No, I'm no, that is sorry. that is honestly really yeah, it's not interesting. I, was, though. I that you I don't hate twenty-two. I I can understand some people being like upset with the DM for doing this. I'm not. Uh, this sounds like such an interesting opportunity for some character growth to be more than just the pretty boy or uh, silver tongue character, uh, and like a journey to like lift this curse or figure out some way to um, not release your deity when you die. No, they um, they already they already tried to lift the curse and no, they they were told nope. The only way is to die. Yeah, well, I mean, so like the they, wish. They were, they were, the thing is, they're already left with no options other than just dealing with it. Well, yeah. that's that's the only option someone's found before. That doesn't necessarily mean it's impossible to lift it another way. I mean, mm-hmm. like the wish you, spell have to should be able to, to cover it. You should like... you should definitely talk with the DM because um, he does need to like eventually make a way for you to lift this curse. Um, yeah, but it should be a struggle, in my opinion. Yeah. And um also, yeah. I mean you could try and get someone else to be the the uh what the the seal on the great old one. Just like you you no, might lose. No 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 no, no 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 is that the how player, that works? No know. the player is the seal on the BBG, but uh, the the player is the no the player oh. is the seal on the BBG and also one of the great old ones. Both of them oh, at the same time. Wonderful. Never mind. Uh, so another like thing, character thing. Hon- I don't honestly, know. honestly, what if, what if, they just let the world go to shit? Huh? That's a possible. That could be an interesting like campaign in, in and of itself. Is if you do just die and then this hellstorm comes about the world and you there's a new party form that is trying to survive or save the human the humanity. You know what? That does sound actually really sick. Um, another less cool one is like your character could just walk off into the wilderness uh, and live a life of uh, solitude, and like a hermit type thing where they they're the lonely man on top of the mountain just sitting there to keep the seal intact, and you create a new character. Yeah. And then, and then one day you just like meet him again, and he's yeah. very depressed, and you're scared of him because he makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Huh. Well, what happens when your character just dies of old age? Like, well, like okay. At that point, you gotta like anyway. 
eventually, but like maybe it's something about his bloodline that keeps the seal alive. So as long as he has a kid, how's he supposed to have a kid if he does sixty six psychic damage? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, uh, uh, what if his partner is a masochist? Yeah, yeah but you literally die. Not if they have enough HP. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the it's the quest gotta, to find a partner. You gotta get a, I don't know, fucking what? Who is the most HP? Barbarians, paladins. That'd be scary if you're into that. I mean, I know Colton is. That's true. Sorry, sorry. I mean, what? I mean, what? Colton's a paladin. Um, Stan. No, he's a he. He likes Junker Queen from Overwatch. That too, but like. He does hardcore love the paladin class. Don't say hardcore. Hardcore. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> okay. Wait, what's wrong with the word hardcore? Nothing. I don't know. I don't know, actually. It's very hardcore. It's too intense of a word. Okay. All right. Our next question is... Sorry. Our next question is by... Rawai... <laughs> Raul, Raul, I, you're looking at the name, right? How to? Wait, let me look at it. It's, it's at throw it. away, but there's no O in throw. Okay, it's throw yeah. away. Throw away. away. Yeah, let me just say throw away. Ninety-three twenty-three. It's just throw away. Okay. Uh, every enemy caster has silvery barbs, <laughs> and it's unnecessarily infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very accurate. <laughs> Back when. Back when Silvery Barbs first came out, I loved it. As a player, the spell is just so versatile from negating crits to help land that big save or suck spell. Yup. My current DM has every NPC spellcaster take it. I find in every fight when I save against hold person or banishment, it's always followed by a Silvery Barbs, like it should. (laughs) I'm effectively rolling saves at disadvantage. Uh, my players can do it, do it. Like okay, the enemies. Is it quite right? Because it helps them more than us. My biggest complaint is it's a resource cost for us, but for enemies, because they all die before using up all their spells, it's free resource economy for enemies. Uh, edit everyone on the party who can take it, took it. This is one of those spells that's more useful on the enemy than, uh, enemy than PCs, unless the PCs are also doing one fight a day. Um, sounds like a skill issue in my book, honestly. Yeah, that's skill a skill issue, man. I mean, like, it, I it's totally free game. If like you could have the spell soak in every other spellcaster that can take it, like he can't get mad at that. Yeah, I mean, like if the enemies are just like running in and using silvery barbs and dying, I mean, yeah. I mean, what you're is- still winning these fights, is what it sounds like. It's just your makes it a little slower. Yeah, skill uh, issue. And it's. It's not a free resource for them. It still takes up a spell slot. Yeah, they just die. They, yeah, sure, they die, but like they only have three spells, so they might not do like three fireballs because they use one on silvery barbs or something. Mm-hmm. And also, okay. Okay, so actually, I, I need to remind myself of silvery barbs because, like, if you have advantage, do you re-roll with advantage or do you roll just once, like on an attack? Um, I. I did with advantage, I think. Like a re-roll still with advantage? Yeah, the way I did it, uh, I just like re-rolled, I think. I don't know if that's right. Um, let me... 
It doesn't. The spell itself doesn't say anything about advantage if the enemy has it. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it's so I guess that. So I guess that's up to the DM. Use the lower roll. So if I was DMing, I would say like if someone has advantage and then someone casts silvery barbs, they do the first roll with it, still with advantage, and then they get silvery barbs and then they roll again, still with advantage. That's how I would do it. But technically, rules as written, it. It could go either way. It depends on how the DM wants to play it. You know what I mean? Yes. Sure. So someone else on uh, Reddit uh, says Reddit. this. Uh, oh my god, this uses as a straight of numbers. I'm not going to bother with this name. Uh, <laughs> no, his, his name is one three four six seven eight nine. Uh, it is one zero six five zero three two zero four. Might be his phone number. That number. I mean, uh, it's a digit short, but you could add a zero to the end or something. You can add a one. Huh? Wait, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Not how okay. Works. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. He says the original roll has two results, and obviously with advantage, you take the higher one. So a silvery barbs, you re-roll the higher one and get a new result, and then you compare as per the original advantage whether the new roll is higher than the original second advantage roll. What the fuck? So, okay, so you roll two, you get, uh, say, a 15 and a 17, so you would go with the 17. Uh, but then, so it's silvery barbs you, so you have to re-roll the 17, but the 15 is still in play. So you re-roll that 17, it ends up being, like, a 3 or something. Uh, and then you would go with the 15 as the final result. Or, oh. like, if you re-rolled and you got, and the 17 became a 19, uh, you would have to go back to the lower of those two rolls, so you would go with the 17, it would be 17 as yep. your final result. Yes, sir. That kind of makes sense to me in a convoluted way. Um, I don't know. That sounds... I think like I don't want to. I think, think as long it. as the party is okay with however you're doing it, it'll be fine. Because yeah, I mean, because the if you have advantage, then silvery bars isn't that much of a detriment anymore. Yeah, is that, that's what I was getting at. Like if you have advantage, silvery bars isn't hampering you as much anymore. So you would need to adjust your strategy to be to be. Uh, locking down on making sure you have advantage on your attacks. Mm -hmm. Which is already like a key strategy component, in my opinion, in the first place. So, you know, just... Yeah. <laughs> or, like, somehow... Is there, like, anti-spell spells or something? I don't fucking know. There is Counterspell. Count or Dispel Magic. That, too. Uh -huh. <sighs> Sounds like a skill diff to me. Yeah. Yeah. Skill this differential. Skill differential. That's a diva line now. Really? God, I love diva. <laughs> okay. I know you do. Okay. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> you know what, Andrew? One day we're gonna make you share your uh photo no, gallery. Don't don't bring that. Yeah. No, uh huh. No, uh huh. No, uh huh. No. No. Yeah, didn't think no. so. I pulled that card, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, David? What's All your right. next question? Posted by you slash Snacky Boy seven days ago. Should I kick one of my players? 
Absolutely. I mean, it as an unarmed strike. I mean, we got, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be that hard. Okay, moving on. Okay. <laughs> I've been running a campaign for almost three months now. Most of my players have little to no experience in deity except one. We'll call him F. F has a bad case of, I'm the protagonist, and always interrupts everyone else, including me, and tries to make kick the story him, about himself. Don't even finish the story. Just kick him. Okay. There you go. You're welcome. No, keep, no, no. Go okay. ahead. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm running Lost Mine of Fandelver. You know. The... <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> sick. <laughs> he is also a huge rules lawyer and is always trying to shove rules in my new player's faces. In our latest meeting, he fought with another player for 15 minutes. He was the aggressor. The other player was trying to defuse the situation with me. F also runs a campaign in his free time, so I thought he would be more mature and understand a fun Trump's rules kind of game. The final straw came this morning when we were reviewing our hours slash days for when we want to meet at, and he shut down my new time frames that everyone else had agreed on because he's starting another campaign he's going to run. I think he's just gone way too far, and I need to kick him. I'm talking with my players, but I'd also like the infinite knowledge of Reddit. <laughs> oh no, as the second opinion. Thank you for reading. I know it's a lot. Just kick him. Just kick him. I don't think. Do we need to discuss this? Just kick yeah, him. You can kick yeah. him from the game and also his nuts. Especially since he's, he's running two campaigns right now. And if he does have time to play it, everyone else does. That's. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Like, we have, we have a thing at my table. You guys know that. Like, if one person can't make it, then we still have a game. But if, like, it's two or more, then we skip. Yeah. Sounds about right. Man, I want to play D&D. I'm excited for the Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, me too. I hope it goes well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm still nervous. I haven't written enough, but I, like, I don't want to write any more for this how, session. How long is the session? I don't know how long it's going to take, David. And so oh, that's, that's fair. Oh, I bought a, uh, a, uh, a tile board. That's dry erase. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then on the other side, if you flip it over, it's a hex. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Dry erase boards are cool. Yes, yeah, sir. All right. Dry erase boards. Andrew, what do we got next? That is a great question. Posted by Razor Druid. Druids can't use, oh, they can use razors. Establish list. Yeah. Anyways, 5e. Was I unreasonable in how I made a DC uh, NPC behave? I'm new to being a DM, and yesterday in my game, I run, I had a player get quite upset in how I made an NPC behave. So first, a little backstory. My players are currently in Shadowfell, dealing with an undead army that a god from another realm is summoning in before marching on the material plane. There are six towers doing this, and they have taken out four of them. They have been asking me for a merchant for a fair while now, but I could not work out how to get them one. But after one of them shared a video with me about a Warforged traveling merchant, I came up with an idea. A skeletal merchant that had broken free from the summoning god's control due to him using his knowledge from being a wizard that was about to attempt to become a lich before his death, but he died in an accident before he could attempt it. Now on to where the issue occurred. The merchant discovers them shortly after they collapse under tower under they collapse another tower. My players spend a fair while asking him what he has. Some barter through precision checks. It's still going okay, till a barbarian asks him if he can appraise the gems they keep finding. He says sure and tells him his expensive price because he's evil and in an area no one would dare go. The quote is ten 
10 gold pieces per gem, so our barbarian immediately decides he'll offer him 1 GP per gem. No haggle for reduction like the others, just 1 GP, take it and leave it. So the merchant gets quite annoyed, tells the party if they're not going to take it seriously, he's leaving and begins to pack up. Luckily, other party members manage to calm him down and he stays, but he is now nearly impossible to get cheaper prices and won't deal with the barbarian. I personally think the barbarian is lucky that merchant didn't blow him away immediately as this merchant is secretly a lich, since he completed the process after his death. The barbarian recons, he should have chuckled like it was a joke, and that's it. But I think with him being in a place no one would visit ever, being neutral, evil, and a lich, which makes my party members like flies to him, his response was actually underplayed. Reddit, what is your verdict on how I made this NPC behave? I think that's 100% valid. Yeah, that sounds funny. Yeah, if you go to like any fair. actual like pod shop in real life, and like they say, we'll give you like five bucks for this, and you say, no, I want 50 they're gonna. They're not gonna talk with you anymore. It's fuck you, go away. Yeah, yeah. Like a Ming old fuck you, go away. Yeah, a ten, uh, ten times like difference is no deal. Yeah, that's like saying, "Yo, can I buy this GPU for forty bucks?" Yeah, and and they're like, "No." Wow, that's crazy. It's so wild, dude. Okay, like I. You're going to have to make decisions that your party will get mad at you for. Yeah. But it's, I think I it's mean, also I think it's also important to play NPCs like an intelligent creature instead of uh, catering to the PCs every time. Yeah. Like there was there was a situation uh when I was running Ghost of uh Saltmarsh where you you guys were all fighting pirates. Mhm. Uh and they were. Yeah. Uh on your ship before it was your ship. Yeah. Uh, I think you were gone. I think you were out that day. I was. Yeah. That was the time where we shot Todd. It was the time you guys shot Todd. Or the yeah. session right after that, I can't remember. Uh-huh. Uh, but one of the PCs uh, went down, and I was thinking, like, an actual pirate would just take this opportunity to finish them off and, like, stab them. Yeah. But I did it because I didn't want to be the mean DM, and I was new to it and stuff. Yeah, I don't think now that I've like got some more experience, I don't think I'm gonna pull my punches like that anymore because that's just what a smart NPC. Yes, would be. good. Someone better die in this Thanksgiving session. <laughs> I don't know that yet. Maybe. <laughs> well, it, we'll see it, how you it, guys. It can play. be Evan. It can be Evan. That's honestly, it's kind of true that like one of you guys might die. Because okay. I made these uh, pretty tough. It's uh, okay. Encounters. It's okay. I I kind of min max my character only slightly. I yeah. kind of have a really bad character for working with the party. My my character is um, I don't know. the stats aren't great, but like the the combo is okay. So we'll see. I think I think we've got enough into like developing these characters already, just from their background and like making their characters. I think it'll be cool and interesting yes i don't think evan's made his character he has remember he has i don't think he's has he written like a background and stuff i think so we talked about stuff Mm. i think we we filled out the um that sheet i shared with you all yeah 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 yeah. he's dude maybe evan will be on the podcast one day who knows Maybe I think he he would want more experience before doing the that. The goal is the goal is to get Matthew Mercer on here. 
personally, I prefer Brendan Lee Mulligan. Okay, but did Brendan Lee Mulligan voice uh, Starkiller from Star Wars The Force Unleashed? Didn't think so. You actually know that Apparently, Matt Matt Mercer is also um, McCree. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I, I knew that, but like, it's, I mean, people listening might not. So, he he is also Jack Cooper in Titanfall 2. Yeah, he and does a lot of stuff. He's, he's, he's Jotaro Kujo. Wait, he voiced, he voiced Levi in the dub for Attack on Titan? Holy crap, this guy is... Yes. Oh. Yes, David. We we been new. No, we didn't been new. You didn't been new, but we been new. Who's we? Me and uh, Idger. You knew yeah. everyone else. Yeah. What? Dude, I didn't watch it in dub. I mean, yes. neither did I, but I've like looked it up before. Matt oh, Mercer okay. is never, like I've never of... visited his Wikipedia page. Or, like I did watch. Uh, a couple of just dub, but then I stopped watching because I didn't like the show. Oh, Attack on Titan. Yeah, I think Attack on Titan's cool, but eh, it was kind of wasn't my thing. I tried watching it in seventh grade, didn't work, and I came back to it like five years later, and I finished. Yeah. So okay, I never got into Attack. Like, if there was two people that I would want, uh, like. I don't, I don't know if I would call them celebrities. So not like big Hollywood celebrities or anything, but I like Brendan Lee Mulligan and Brian Murphy from uh, D20. You know, while you're talking about it, we can get PewDiePie Nerd. in here. Get what? PewDiePie. Why? Well, I mean, at this point, like, PewDiePie. we're just naming off celebrities. So, like, well, yeah, I at least all of mine are D&D related. Yeah, but PewDiePie's so cool. Eh. Okay, well, you know, it's just a dream. <laughs> Alright, what's her... What, uh... Oh, it's my turn for a question. That's right. I know how turn orders work. SMH. Yeah. Uh, this one is from... This is from Knight of Caliban. Need advice on other players' homebrew. So this is a bit of an odd question because it's a problem with a player, but also a problem with the DM. So one of the players in my game is a bullet. He's a bit of that guy. He's definitely got a bit of a main character syndrome. He doesn't know the rules super great. And while he's usually nice, I don't feel like he's a very considerate player. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but he also has a tendency to just run roughshod over any scene he's in and just ignore what other people are trying to accomplish. I almost left the campaign at one point when he basically ruined a major scene for my character and only came back when the DM asked me to. For the record, the DM is a really close friend of mine and an amazing person, but it's their first time DMing, and they're a little insecure about their abilities. That's a a kind of a bad uh, combo, because uh, a really new and insecure DM can let uh, bad players uh, run right over you and stuff, because they don't want to, like, upset anyone on their first campaign and never be able to DM again. At least that, that was a fear I kind of had. But, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll continue the story. But that's okay. not 
actually what I'm asking about. See, this guy plays an artificer, and he's decided that means he can make as many homebrew magic items as he wants. He's had oh. a gun since level 3 that also fires rave sickness every time he shoots it. And another couple of guns that I don't know much about, because why would you, you use anything else? Wonderful. Uh, but this has officially come to a head in our most recent session, because I'm pretty sure that's pretty sure what he's doing could be classed as taking advantage of the DM. He showed up to our most recent session with two new magic items that he acquired between sessions. One, a dark gun that has so many different options that it it needs a spreadsheet to keep track of them. And according <laughs> to him, range from casting Tasha's hideous laughter on the target Dude! to putting them to sleep for a full day. And an amulet no. that lets him cast shield three times per long rest. I worry constantly that I'm just a whiter, but at this point I'm completely demoralized when I think about this game. Why am I bothering to put together a character and show up to combat when this guy is just going to invent five new ways of killing everything in the game between sessions? I want to tell the DM that they're being taken advantage of, but I don't want them to feel like they fucked up. And I don't want to cause a fight. At this point, I'm honestly just leaning, waiting till this arc is done and telling everyone I can't fit into my schedule anymore. Am I completely off base here? And if not, does anyone have any advice on how to broach the subject with the DM without causing problems? The DM is in two other games I play in as a player, so I really don't want to risk a falling out. Thanks in advance, in advance for your help. Yeah, you can't just do whatever you want as Artificer, man. No. Like, there's I mean, rules written for Artificer yeah, that are there you for have, a reason. You have, we have, there are like, limitations on what you can build, yes. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. list of, like, infusions and magic items you can create. Um... But you gotta do that in-game, man. You can't do this out of session and shit and just make up your own stuff. Yeah, your DM needs to, like, do something. Yeah. I will say, in my first uh, ever game, I played an artificer in a world where guns were not invented yet. Uh, we were playing in Eberron and stuff, so, like, the technology was available and stuff. that We just had to put it to use to make a gun. Uh, but the DM let me roll and eventually create a gun of my own like it was a pretty like low grade gun like musket style but mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. flitlock or yeah flitlock yeah but like I, mean, I had to actually go through something and i like i found blueprints in the world and everything for this failed gun and i made it myself mm-hmm. i didn't make it in between sessions this was a in session thing that i did and had to like actually struggle for yeah it was really cool because I infused the gun after I like got it to work and fire a shot. It was like it was gonna have to have the reload thing that was gonna be like you get to fire once uh, per turn basically. Uh, but then I infused it with a uh, rapid fire, which is a artificer infusion, so it gets mm-hmm. it makes its own magic bullets, and I don't have to. And it loses the reload property. It was great. Um, I loved it so much. Yeah, that like that's valid. But, like, it was an actual, like, thing of, like, in-game character creation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because your DM was competent. And he was, yeah, he was was competent. He played a lot before his... Like, your really close friend just has to... Yeah. You know, buckle down a little. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, like... Talk with the other players, maybe. 
uh, see how they all feel. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if, if that's a if little, you're the odd one out, then you might just want to go the route of fighting a different game. Which seems like what you're on the route of doing, but yeah, because he already has what like two other games. He says <laughs> yes, and some of them are in with this DM. I think. Yeah, but I think uh, in that one, the DM is a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, anyway, artificers have limitations on what the fuck they can do, so... Yeah. they uh, like Definitely, you can't make up shit in between sessions. That's broken as fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but, okay, so I did want to point out one thing. He said he had a gun since level 3 that also fires rain sickness. Uh, that's actually... I don't know if it's the gun itself that's doing that, because... One thing with um, artificers is they can use uh, like infused items and stuff as their uh, focus, as our arcade focus. So if he like infused the gun or something, that that's pretty self-explanatory for why it's shooting ray of sickness. Uh, but it would still need to like take up a spell slot, and if he's not doing that, then he's basically cheating. Real. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like my uh, um, I had a player that was trying to like he wanted to make basically like us like an autumn like a infinite like spray gun that would just spray oil uh-huh. and everything, and like we were looking at the rules and shit, and like it takes like. It takes a lot of fucking gold just to do a like a third level spell level like uh an equivalent third level spell magic item or something. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a shit ton of gold just to do like to get up to third level. So like yeah, like he definitely could not have done all that shit. Like there's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. I do I do like encouraging players to create uh items and stuff. Uh to like do sort of what he's doing, but like, I you need some sort of like in session explanation, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, that was a long one. What's next? What is next? Let's see. Knock doesn't work. Knock doesn't work on dot 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 dot. By you slash talking with Adam. So the knock spell says any mundane or magical means. The DM had a steampunk mechanical lock. One player said it should work because it's not magical and therefore mundane, stating that mundane equals non-magical. Another player disagreed, saying that something mechanically advanced wouldn't reasonably be considered mundane or magical. And there's nothing in the rule saying that mundane equals non-magic. The DM let the spell open the door, but I thought this argument was interesting. I think... It should work, huh. right? I don't know. I it I think it definitely depends on like the type of lock. Like, if it was, uh, like a locker room lock, that's what they mean by mechanical lock. Then I think it would. Uh, I think if it was a puzzle lock, I think I might give like a player advantage on figuring out if they cast knock on it, 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it feels very situational on like what type of block. I think, no, I think it's valid. Yeah, I think you can do it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So it, the spell says a target that is held shut by a mundane lock or that is stuck or barred becomes unlocked, stuck, or unbarred. If the object has multiple locks, only one of them is unlocked. But like even a padlock has mechanical stuff in it, right? So it shouldn't, like a pad a padlock doesn't count as multiple locks just because there's like gears and stuff in it, mm-hmm. right? Like because there's key pins in it. So yeah, it should work. I don't know. I think as so. long as I think as long as there's no magic, it should work. That's my based opinion. Maybe. There's a spell called Arcane Lock, which uh, magically locks something. So I don't think Knock would work on that, right? Because it doesn't work on magic. But it should work on a mechanical steampunk lock. I think so, yeah. 100%. I, yeah, I, I still think it's it would be situational, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I think if it is a super complex lock, um, just letting them unlock it with the spell feels cheap to me. To be fair, it is a second level lock. I mean, sure, but like... I mean, the second level spell. At the time of you, like, finding this intricate lock, I think they're probably high enough level that, uh... Like, I would still give them some sort of, like, benefit to, uh, like, a sleight of hand check. Like, you're helping the rogue pick it or a bucket or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was, like, a puzzle lock, again, I'd... Like, it might give you advantage on figuring out the puzzle or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say the DM let the spell open the door. Like, that was a good call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all up to the DM. If they were, yeah, I say not quick, so if they were cool with it, it didn't feel like <clears throat> that their cool, intricate lock or whatever was just fucked with, then I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> great we're let la- right to our last few questions what do we got <laughs> user uh davy dunn uh asks dm doesn't care about us rolling stats in front of them new group so no one knows each other just got done with the session zero and was told that we can roll our stats whenever and however we want not exactly sure that however works because we didn't talk about that I rolled my stats, typical 46, top the lowest, and they got really good stats. 17, 16, 14, 12, 12, 10. I'm not comfortable using those stats because I don't want people to think I cheated. On the other hand, I'm also afraid of other people cheating because I've had because I've had been experiences with other online groups. Brought up my opinion to the DM, but she just blew it off talking about the honor code. Guess I'm just curious what the overall opinion of these kinds of situations are. 17, 16, 14, 12, 12, 10 does not seem rigged at all, in my opinion. Yeah, th- those are pretty good rolls. I mean, it's not like he had three eighteens or something. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen and six feet are really good, but like they're not perfect. So I don't know. Just just take the numbers and and you know just just you know personally. Yeah, yeah. You know you didn't cheat, so like just take them. You know personally, yeah. all all rolling for my table is done out in the open, not because I don't trust you guys, but um. 
because you don't trust, you guys. trust <laughs> A lot of the rolling actually is is done on a Discord bot, so everyone can. Well, see I it. mean, yeah, when when we roll stats, because we're usually we don't do a session zero most of the time. We yeah. roll it on, we roll it on Discord so everyone can see it out of the open. But like at our actual table, we mostly roll uh, in the open. Exactly. Uh, me too, for the most part. Like as a DM, I I feel like I roll most things pretty openly. Yeah. There's yeah. some stuff I. I don't. That's yeah, um, yeah. Like, like I've now uh, decided that I'm gonna be rolling death saves, and that's not gonna be out of the open. Okay. All right. You got lucky. I will. Good job. I will um, say though, trusting other, the other, the other players, honor the whole honor code thing. That's awkward. Because, like they said, it's a new group. No one knows each other, so no one knows yeah. if they can't uh, trust each other. <laughs> yeah, it is especially hard to, when you like don't know anybody to be able to just trust them like that. To yeah. be fair, it's also pretty obvious if you do because, like, what, like, really, what are the odds of you getting like all of your stats above six, above fifteen and above though? Like, actually, yeah, yeah, like that's really fucking. Guys, I rolled like, a nineteen. I rolled a nineteen. Um, how? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said, however, so I just rolled oh, three nat twenties and uh, dropped. Actually, that is, it is an, an actual method of just rolling a d twenty, and whatever like comes yeah. up is what you get. <laughs> so, I just rolled an eighteen. Okay, well, I'm gonna roll, and it's not gonna be an eighteen. I just My got a two. A sixteen. I just My got a two. Is- my dice are too far away. Okay, I got a two. 19. 13. 15. Six, I rolled pretty damn well. Three. I think you're Three cheating. again. One. So I got a one, <laughs> two, three, three, six, thirteen. <laughs> my favorite way of rolling stats is still uh, uh, 2d6 plus six. Because I think, like, anything below an eight just fucking sucks. It so really this does. is really this does. is a perfect way of like keeping that range between eight and eighteen. Yeah, because wait, forty six drop the lowest. You can still you could theoretically three. get you could get a three. Yeah. Like it's possible. Yeah. So I I like two d six plus six, just so that my players can do something. Yeah, I like using. It dice. pretty much guarantees like decent stats. Yes. Guarantees that you're not completely fucked over. Yeah. Or I hope not. Alright. Uh, next up is from NoCloud7275. Pay me to play in your game. Oh, no. <laughs> someone, someone emailed uh, I would not them, pay hello. to play in my game. Yeah, no. Someone messaged them, hello, I'm messaging you my interest in this game you're running. Instead of in the applications thread, is I have a proposal for you that might be seen as controversial. That's already a red flag. Uh, I've been playing D&D for 15 plus years now, and I've been very experienced and very fun, if I do say so myself, player. And have been invited to several tables over the years and participated in numerous cons and events. As such, I consider myself something of a professional player. LOL. I am very well versed with the rules and can offer input and advice on rolling counters and even co-DM if you need help. I have a plethora of homebrew monsters, rules, and abilities slash spells and battle maps that I have spent hundreds of hours creating as well. 
If accepted, I'd be very willing to give you permission to use these for five dollars a week, as I know how hard being how hard running the DM can be for a DM, and I think these could be a boon for your game. Let me know what you think. Uh the our Reddit poster here says one, no thank you. And two, even if I did accept you, I feel like we'd be about even to be putting in hours of work each week. <laughs> this this player uh message do not patronize me. Good day. Good do not day, sir. Do not patronize Good me. Good day. This is <laughs> I think okay. I think this stems off is of so conceited, holy shit. Yeah, I think this kind of stems off of like paying DMs or, or like professional DMs. But I understand uh kind of where a pay DM comes from because they are putting in hours of work and often if they're making their own minis or they're like printing off maps that gets expensive pretty quickly even if you are like going a pretty cheap route like I do mm-hmm. uh, but if you're a player fuck no I'm not paying you to play uh, you know Calvin you if you pay and... me five bucks I will play better in your campaign how <laughs> How would you pay play better? Uh, I would make smarter decisions by thinking more. Mm. And use the yeah, That's dice. pretty pretty tempting deal. Yeah, just five bucks a week. Nope. That's and literally less than a dollar a day. I mean, yeah, if this guy wants to sell like his hobo monsters and stuff, he could just set up a Patreon. Yeah. Whatever. Like that's not hard. He's he could... he's a fella. But like no, fuck off. I'm not <laughs> hey, I'm not paying for a professional player. That's He's a stupid character. as hell. He's a and character. if you gotta like invited to all these numerous cons and events, go play one of those fucking games. Why are you coming over here? <laughs> okay, actually, for real though, yeah, that's true. Oh. Alrighty, I think No Cloud did the right thing. No Cloud, No underscore Cloud underscore seven two seven five. You gotta do it in a way where they can be looked up by our viewers. Oh, of course, I'm sorry. It's like okay. how he he responded. Do not patronize me. Do not patronize me. Capital N O T. Good day. That's All how right. we should end the podcast today. Good day. Be like, be like, thanks for listening to Three Goblins Rant. Good day. And then I say my joke. And then I say good day. <laughs> no, we did the joke before the good day. No. Oh, what you should do instead of cutting me off this time, you should like put "good day" like cutting up. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Okay. Sure. Okay. What's our right. last question? Our last question by all one word. You slash that thing from the deep. What are your opinions on critical fumbles? Me and a few of my friends have been playing on and off for the past few years. We have always used crit failures, mainly because they can be hilarious to watch a perfect plan blow up in our faces. We don't take it too seriously, but I know some people out there hate them. We have specific rules for combat and out-of-combat fumbles. What are some of your options? Okay. Well, we got the critical fail chart. Yeah, I, I love... I do critical success charts and critical fail charts. Um, just for you, combat, I, like, fumbles and crits, though. Because every time I look for one, there's like a million. I don't know which ones are actually like good. Yeah, uh, I'll post them in the description of this uh, this episode. But it's from Black Citadel RPG. Uh, what I love about it is that it does 
Uh, it splits it up into three options based on the type of attack. You got your melee attacks, your range attacks, and spell attacks. There's a lot of ones out there that'll only like give like one effect for the die. It doesn't care about like what type of attack it is. It, which kind of puts like a lot of strain on like how the fuck uh, does them casting the spell break their weapon? Like if you if they happen to roll that or something. Yeah. Um. It, it just puts a lot of strain on the DM, and this one is I, I love this one so much. They're pretty in depth on like what happens. Um. We've used it in Ghost of Saltmarsh. I think everyone kind of liked it. Yeah, it's pretty all right. There was there was some it, there was some fun stuff that yeah. happened. I think um what I want to do for my if I do my campaign, it's like um like so I would have all my players describe their attacks right, and so if they if they rolled a critical fumble, I would like play off how they described their attack right. Sure. Like, if they tried swinging for the leg, and then they did a critical fumble, they'd hit the ground instead, and then trip forward and fall prone. You know? Yeah. Like, I I think that uh, lends itself to more creativity, but it's really up to you on what you mm-hmm. want to do. Yeah. Uh, so me personally, uh, describing every attack gets really slow. It does. Um, that's true. Sometimes so, you just want to get through a fight. Sometimes you just want to get through a fight. So something that I think that I kind of started doing in Ghost of Summers, but I think I'm going to do more rigorously now, is do you, having players describe uh, killing blows, crits, having them start describing fumbles, and then take over halfway through. Uh, or something like that. Or if they do like a really cool move, like they jumped off a wall and to stab this guy in the neck or something. Uh, but like basic regular attacks, I'm probably gonna start like kind of skipping over. Like, okay, how much damage do you do? Mm. Especially since this is it. Like, we we don't do a a stream. We're not streaming this. There's no one like that. We really need to like spice up our table for. That's true. Except yeah. for me, I'm a big I'm a big that, movie guy. True. You're a big. Uh, you you love your flavor. I love my flavor. So I'm I'm gonna be missing so many toes. Oh, what? It's because no, it's like when you when you when you hit someone, you cut off their finger. It's like okay, okay. it's like a, a character quirk. <laughs> yeah. So, critical fumbles. Be creative, unless you want to save time. Then just like roll roll a chart. Or just roll a chart anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. Be yeah. cool. Be cool. Uh, Be cool, my out dudes. Of, out of combat, I don't... I haven't... I, I don't do, like, critical fumbles that badly. Like, a one uh, still fails usually, but, like, I still have the players add their bonuses. I want to say it's it's not an insta-fail. Like, if you have, like... Yeah. Know, if you're playing rogue and you have plus ten to persuasion and the DC's ten and you roll a one, then you still get it. Yeah, you still yeah, get no, it. Yeah, no, now one now um, ones on ability checks don't mean anything other than oh you rolled low. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All cool. Right. That's how I that's how uh, I believe. That's how that's I all the questions we had for today, but we do have two homebrew items for this week's edition of homebrew or homeboo. Is this a hidden 
Jagger. Oh, no. no, it's not. All right, so our first one up here today is from Kemanon Z. Wrist-mounted grappling hook, a wacky but versatile maneuverability item for those who dream of stylish exploration. That's sick. <laughs> it is an adventuring gear that goes over your arm. Uh, category items, item rarity is uncommon. Its cost is 250 gold pieces. Its weight is 5 pounds. It's kind of heavy, but like that makes sense. That's fair. Uh, this wrist-mounted gadget can be activated as an action on your turn. Firing a reinforced cable onto a target surface within 40 feet of you. Make a dexterity check. You can add your proficiency bonus to this roll if you have proficiency with one of the following items. Uh, Tinker's tools, thieves tools, or mason's tools. On a result equal to or higher than the structure's AC, the cable latches itself to the specific specified point, allowing you to swing across gaps or possibly climb steep walls. Can have the cable detach itself from a surface as a bonus action, returning it to your device. Additionally, you may choose to recall the cable without detaching it, pulling you towards the targeted surface before retracting completely. If the target if the target surface is a medium or smaller object, it is pulled towards you instead. If it is a medium or smaller creature, you must make a strength saving throw. DC eight plus proficiency bonus plus your strength modifier. Being pulled towards you on a failed save, or pulling you towards them on a successful one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure cool. the pretty that that is cool. It reminds it's it's basically the grapple hook from Zelda, right? Or like Zelda, yeah, the Kalasha. Where like if you hit a surface, then it, you you get pulled towards it. You can hit an item, and the item gets pulled towards you. Um. You can hit a monster and the monster can mm-hmm. get pulled towards you and mm-hmm. also this is totally realistic because i think what is it the hacksmith on youtube they just straight up have this like they made a spider they, yeah they made a it was i don't know they made a like a battering or a, a bat grappling hook whatever, yeah so. yeah they this, this literally I mean, just... that was definitely like bulkier than what this is but oh no uh they made the the grapple hook winch from the mandalorian and that's just on your wrist Oh, like okay. Straight up on they did a lot of stuff. And, and they also yeah. made the Just Cause grappling hook, which is also on your wrist. Nice. They, so they've made a lot of grappling hooks. Yeah. I mean, grappling hooks are sick, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, this this is definitely could be a thing. 250 is not too expensive, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, so, how much is a telescope? Or a spike? Those are like a thousand. Yeah, exactly. But this, that's this, that's because of the glass, I think, mostly because it's it, such it a is. Intricate, it's so hard like, to make. Yeah, yeah. But two fifty um, is not that. Two fifty uh, is not that bad. So something I would say is that I would only allow Mason's tools uh, to give that proficiency bonus if you're targeting something stone. You know, yeah. and like I might switch it up. Of like maybe it's a uh, Smith's tools if you're targeting someone wearing like armor and you're trying to like pierce the armor or something mm-hmm. um i also i feel like the first time introducing this i wouldn't have it be an item in the shop i would it would be something uh a art of maybe an artificer player creates one day or maybe it's a artificer like npc that is creating it it's like a prototype version yeah just, oh. just to have like it be a little more rarer and a little more interesting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One thing also is, um, 
instead of like the targeted surface being a medium or smaller object or if a creature is medium or smaller, you should have it based off what size your character is. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a large character, then you can pull a medium or large well, character. Right, so the, the thing is, like, object. there is no PC race that is large. That's true. But there is small, right? And there if is you're small, small and you... there is tiny. Yeah, so you shouldn't be able to pull a, a, a medium surface, surface towards yeah. you if you're small. Yeah, it should start like with your size and smaller. I yes. was a fairy. You were a fairy. You he probably fairy. couldn't even put this on if you were a fairy. You're like, actually the size of you. Made. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and at that point, the rope wouldn't be, the air cable or whatever, probably wouldn't be strong enough. I mean, to also, you could just... You could just fly, so it's you made for just fly. Of, like crossing chasms and stuff is useless. I love how every time our DM had us do a skill check, I'm like, oh, guess what? I'm flying. I know, and I like I had claws, I was like, I'm just gonna climb across. <laughs> He's like, okay. Alright. Alright, our second <laughs> item is the expressive helmet by Tautus. Tautatus? No, but the first one. Is- that, wait, well, that first one? That's uh, the person who posted brew. it, but the helmet itself is by Tautatus. <clears throat> uh, okay, Expressive Helmet is a wondrous uh, uh, common item. While you are wearing this helmet, its wings have to reflect your mood. You can suppress <laughs> the helmet's ability to read your mood with a successful DC-10 deception check. The wings then move to a neutral position for one minute. Does it have any use? It's funny. Uh, no, I think it's it's just an interesting uh, roleplay item to me. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like one of those bands that like can read your body temperature. Yeah. It's okay. like one of those mood rings, but it actually works. Um, Sick. I think this would be super interesting if you're like, if a PC is wearing it, and they're trying to like lie, or they're like trying to play in a game of poker or something, and this thing's just well, fucking giving you shit away. <laughs> That's... Well, they could just take it off. Yeah, they, they could. Just, they could just take it off. It's just the helmet that has moving wings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could. I think a PC could also like put it on, uh, like a tied up NPC for an interrogation. That would be cool. And, like, you could tell from the wings, like that they're lying or something. Maybe like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say they would need to pass two deception checks: one for you, the interrogator, and then one for the helmet. Honestly. Yeah. So they would have to like go. Do the helmet first, and then the results of that like determines uh, like the DC or something of your deception against you. Like maybe they have advantage, or maybe you have advantage on an insight check against their deception. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I didn't even I, think of that. Yeah, I think yeah, there's a lot of like interesting uses to this helmet if you really think about it. It yeah. is a very just simple item. Yeah, this one's pretty cool. I like this one a lot, actually. Yeah. And also, yeah. just if you're putting on a show, then the wings are going to be doing like a bunch That's of That's cool true. Shit, it can help a bard. I, never, I didn't oh, think about that. Exactly. Oh. I got that bard mentality, dude. You do have that bard mentality. And I'm not playing yeah, a bard anymore. It's so sad. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyways, I, love how that I, I would say both of these homebrew items are a homebrew. I think, yeah, these are homebrewed. I think they might need a, like, a little tweaking or something, but I think they're overall very interesting and good. Yeah. These are homebrews. Alright. Uh, I will put the link up for these items in the description. So check them out. 
Maybe include them yeah. in your game. Put them in your game. Have someone stick a helmet on a hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Host- yeah. Hostage. Hostage is the word we wanted to use hostage. there. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. All well, right. okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Three Goblets Right. Join us next time on Goblins and Guidance. Good day. And what is a goblin's? What does a goblin call his food? Hey.